Hello and welcome back to the Savvy Mama podcast. My name is Renee Verco. I'm a financial advisor, the founder at Money Mode and this initiative, the Savvy Mama, and I'm also a mum of two young children. My mission with the Savvy Mama is to bring you financial know-how in an engaging and interesting way. Now, this week on the podcast, we are covering the topic of personal insurances. Now, it's not the most exciting area of our finances and just like estate planning, it can be a really confronting topic to talk about, but it's really important that we address it. So I'm hoping that by the end of this podcast, you'll be able to walk away a little bit wiser about personal insurances, the things that you need to consider, the different options that you have and why that direct insurance cover on the TV or within your super fund may or may not be the right thing for you. I've invited in a dear friend of mine, Rachel Harney, to join me on the conversation today. Rachel is a former colleague and currently a senior BDM at one of the major insurance companies here in Australia. She brings with her a wealth of experience and knowledge, having worked in the industry for over 13 years. And also, while we are talking about topics like this, it's really important that I point out that the Savvy Mama exists purely for education purposes and the discussions that we share on the show are general in nature and don't take into account your personal objectives, financial situation or needs. Therefore, before acting on any of the information that we share, make sure that you consider its appropriateness and seek independent financial advice before committing to any personal investment or financial decisions. I also need to mention that this show is in no way affiliated with Rachel's employer and she's been invited in on the merit of her personal views and experience in the industry. So welcome, Rach, to the Savvy Mama podcast. Thank you very much for having me. Today we are tackling life insurance and I thought we would kick off by trying to demystify insurance a little bit because I feel like it's something that has definitely had a bad rap over the years. I was sort of reflecting on this and thinking, you know, that through the 80s and 90s, probably many of us in our generation remember insurance salesmen knocking on our parents' door trying to sell them insurance. And I think it's just been tarnished a little bit. Oh, hasn't it? It definitely hasn't had the best reputation, but I do find each year it is starting to sort of build the, the trust and respect. So, Rach, you've worked in the insurance space for over 13 years. Tell us why you're so passionate about this space. Well, I truly believe in insurance. I worked in financial planning over the years and I've seen some really, really great stories and I've seen some awful stories. So I've seen clients that have come through, come and seen an advisor, gone through the full advice piece, they've had insurance recommendations, they've taken out the policy and then it may have been two or three or five years later, you know, they've had to make the call to us and say someone's either passed away or someone's had cancer or a stroke and they need to claim. So we've been able to take them through that process and those particular claims were successful and they had financial freedom. During this really, really stressful period, they were paid out to get the best treatment and had the financial support for their family. And then I've seen the actual opposite side where some clients may have knocked back insurance advice from their financial mm. advisor. Mm. Might not have been the right time or they might have felt they you know, didn't have the money for it. And there's particular cases where they've knocked it back and it, it's been short of 12 months later that we've received a call that, you know, someone's passed away or, or someone's had a traumatic event and, and your heart just breaks. 
when there could have been that opportunity to have that financial freedom. There's also been occasions where, you know, a colleague of mine, her father, who they weren't clients at the time, but her father had a, a massive stroke and it was just awful. And they had sort of tried to run around to call up industry funds to see if they had any cover and, and they were unsuccessful. They kept getting, no, you don't have any cover, no, you don't have any cover. So we sort of, we did what we could and we, and we did the super search and, and we explored every avenue and, and it was just amazing. We come across, it was about $500,000 life and TPD policy and we went through the claims process with them. We, we did everything we could and, and we got that claim over the line. It was successful. Right. It was just beautiful. So that family could be supported financially to go through that really tough time because her father at the time was the, the main income earner for the mm. family and they had four daughters from memory I think so mm. you know it was a big family those moments are what makes it truly um, amazing yeah and I think for similar reasons to you is is exactly why I'm so passionate about it as well it breaks my heart when I see fundraisers and I know we've touched on this in the past and you know you see a GoFundMe page for a tragedy and that is so tough and so wonderful that communities and friends and networks get behind to support people, but you can dig so deep to get a $30,000 worth of support where an insurance policy could have paid out hundreds of thousands of dollars. It just takes all that stress out of it. Oh, exactly. It is just beautiful when communities do get together and you know go through the funding page and, and there's been some great outcomes there but at the same time as you mentioned they are all digging so deep to get that you know 30,000 whereas it's an instant lump sum on diagnosis that they mm. could have had those funds in their pocket straight away to try and get the best medical care that they can. From both of our perspectives we know how important insurance is to have and particularly looking at our cohort of people midway through their working career and we know full well that their income is probably their most important asset therefore one of the most important things to insure. Most people would be familiar with car insurance and house insurance and travel insurance but a lot of people don't really understand what personal insurance is all about and so today we're talking about life, TPD which is total and permanent disability, living insurance and income protection insurance and I find as a financial advisor, when I sit down with clients and, you know, we start to nut out thinking about what their most valuable asset is, they realise that their income is actually their most important asset because without that, they wouldn't have the car, they wouldn't be able to meet the mortgage repayments, etc. So it is a really, really important one and something that everyone needs to consider as part of their overall financial planning. Last week on the podcast, we talked about estate planning and the importance of having a will. And I put insurance into the category of it's actually the worst case planning. We don't plan for these types of events to happen where these insurances would kick into place, but it is so essential 
to make sure that we have considered that worst case planning. And as I said, yeah, it's not the discussion that I particularly enjoy having with clients, but it is so essential to look at these worst case scenarios and map out if this happened, if I was unable to work or if I was critical ill. Insurance can't actually change these events, but it can change the financial outcome of them. You're already dealing with the tragedy, but you don't want to then have that added financial stress of having to deal with potentially selling your home or changing the school of your children or having to go back to work when you want to be able to spend that time nurturing and comforting your family through a terrible time. So, you know, I perceive insurance as what I call a gap filler. I think as we go through our working career, we are paying down our debts and we are building up investments and assets outside of ourselves and that will one day turn into that passive income stream. But I guess being this worst case scenario planner of insurance, it is really the gap filler between where we imagine we are going to be and something that can actually fill that gap when a tragedy strikes. Exactly. And ideally, we don't want to have to claim on insurance. However, these unforeseen circumstances happen all the time and it does, it allows you to take away that financial stress at at the worst time in in people's lives, whether it's a loss of a loved one or someone's had a traumatic event, life from a financial perspective can sort of be taken care of. It can allow you to be put in that same position. Let's kick into the different types of insurances that people need to consider when looking at a personal insurance plan and what the ins and outs of those are. All right. So the first one we'll talk about is life insurance. Basically, that means if someone passes away or if someone is terminally ill, a lump sum payout will go to their beneficiary. What that means is it allows funds to pay down debt payments pay for a funeral, it might be income replacement for the surviving spouse. So basically, someone might have $1 million worth of life cover and then they pass away and that full lump sum gets paid to the beneficiary. Terminal illness, as I mentioned before, is a part of life insurance as well. Um, It's a really important piece. If someone has, generally it is between 12 to 24 months to live, what happens is the life insurance is paid out. So this allows people to get the best medical care possible to hopefully to try and beat their terminal condition or it allows them to tick things off their bucket list as well or spend time with family and go on a little holiday um, if they need to to try and you know be as positive as, as possible before times get really tough. Yeah. The other benefit that I see in that, Rach, is that if there's a partner that is still working, being able to get that terminal illness payment, you know, gives them that ability to both be able to stop working and still have some money there. Definitely. So yeah. debts can get paid down. Everyone can take some time off work and just spend the time together. Yeah, so important. I know with life insurance, often one of the challenges is working out exactly how much cover somebody needs. And I think it's really important each person has a different set of circumstances so it's a matter of kind of looking at your individual situation and working out you know if this was to happen right now what amount of cover do you need to cover those things that you talked about of course everyone's got different levels of debt everybody's on different income they're at a different age so you're sort of looking at the calculations to potentially um, retirement or 
they might be in their 30s and then obviously you're sort of looking at that income replacement for a, a little bit longer. Yeah. All right, so the other really important insurance cover, which people may be familiar with because you may have seen insurance held within your super fund and it's typically a death and total and permanent disability or TPD insurance that's held. So you just want to talk us through TPD. Yes, total and permanent disability is an insurance cover for when someone basically cannot work ever again. They might be either severely injured or it might be a medical condition. So there's generally two definitions with total and permanent disability with TPD. We've got an own occupation definition and an any occupation definition. So they're the two definitions that you'll generally see with, with a TPD product. So with own occupation, that means if you cannot work in your own occupation ever again. So if you're medically unwell or injured and you cannot do your own occupation ever again. So we like to generally talk about a surgeon for example so a surgeon needs to use their hands when they operate if for some reason they've injured their hands they can't operate anymore so therefore they cannot do their own occupation ever again so in an instance where they might be sick or injured permanently they would get paid out their TPD uh, claim however if it was in any occupation definition that surgeon cannot use their hands However, they can still consult as a doctor or they can do teleconsultations and they can still work. So they, they wouldn't be paid out in, in that space. I think it's, I'm really glad we've had this conversation because often when I talk to people about total and permanent disability, they just feel like the likelihood of being totally and permanently disabled mm. is so far-fetched. But there are so many different you know variations that you need to be aware of. So... All right, Rach, next cover on the list is trauma cover. Yes, trauma cover, basically what happens is it's a lump sum paid on diagnosis. So what I mean by that is if someone suffers a heart attack, suffers a stroke, cancer, they get the diagnosis from their doctor and it meets the definition within the policy and the insurer will pay that lump sum. Generally, when you're looking at trauma, the advisor will look to, you know, cover medical costs and potentially some income replacement and a few things. So, for example, a trauma policy might be $300,000. Someone suffers a heart attack, the definition is met, the client goes through claim and then they're basically paid that lump sum, so that 300000 on diagnosis. So what that does is that a client is getting this financial freedom up front. They can take time off work. They can get the best medical cover possible that they can to try and assist them during that time. But they can also utilise that lump sum payment to give their partners some freedom as well to take some time off work to care for them. Yeah. Trauma is one of my favourite types of cover to talk about with clients because I think most people can relate to an incident. They know somebody that has suffered a traumatic event. Different providers out there will have a different scheduled list of conditions that they cover, but I think they are largely similar. They are, as you said, the things like your cancers, your heart attack, stroke. What other types of things are typically on their reach? Uh, there's major head trauma as well. Yep. And severe burns. There's yep. 44 conditions 
basically yep. that are covered. So yep. a really wide range. Well, I think the most important thing is that it gives you the freedom to be able to go and get the absolute best treatment that is available. And sometimes that may not be covered under your standard health insurance. Sometimes, you know, you may also think, oh, well, I've got an income protection policy in place. If I need to take time out from work, I'm going to have that. But sometimes there may be trauma events that happen that don't meet the definition of an income protection policy. So this gives you the ability to be able to have some money there to have the choice to have time out from work. So I think that's really, really important and to be able to not have financial stress is really comforting. Oh, definitely. And as you mentioned, someone might suffer a traumatic event and from a doctor's perspective, the doctor might think that they're fit and well to return back to work. However, mentally, it might have really taken its toll on them. So they might have had a heart attack and, you know, what sort of led them there? You know, were they in a high-stress work environment or, or family stress? And yes, they may have recovered from that heart attack and the doctors, you know, signed them off to go back to work, but they might just need that little bit of financial freedom to mentally take some time out before they come back. So that's where the income protection might not have kicked in because they might not have serve their waiting period that we'll talk about in a moment. So that's where that lump sum payment can give them the financial freedom. The other thing that I really like having young children is that you can also have your children covered under a trauma policy. Correct. So this cover acts very similarly to the trauma we just spoke about, so a lump sum on diagnosis. However, it's for children. So basically... For kids between the age of 2 to about 14 to 16, if children suffer, for example, severe burns, cancer, meningitis or major head trauma, it acts the same way. So it's a lump sum on diagnosis. It can be a little bit hard to talk about because, you know, God forbid, we don't want anything to ever happen to our children. However, things can happen. So this can act in a couple of ways with this lump sum. It can help the kids get the best treatment possible. But it can also have that financial freedom for mum and or dad to take the time off work to care for their kids. Mm. There's no cover out there. There's no assistance out there really to help them take time off work if one of their children's sick. So that lump sum payment can act in a couple of ways. And from my experience too in looking at different types of covers for clients, it is relatively cheap in the scheme of things to add on to a policy, isn't it? Oh, very much so, yes. It's um, a couple of hundred dollars a year. So, look, the lump sum ranges up to about 250000 in the industry. That's about the cap. You know, someone might want a $100,000 policy or something. So, you know, that's usually around $100 a year. So, it's it's quite good. Yeah. The best thing that happens as well is once the kids get to age 14 or 16, they can then convert that policy into an adult policy and they don't have to go through any medical questions. They just automatically convert. That's very, very powerful because with putting these policies in place, we are underwritten when we take them out. So if you can take on that policy and continue that through because, you know, as we go through life, we gather ailments and if you have 
any pre-existing medical conditions or anything like that, that can actually impact the insurance that you take out. So being able to carry a policy through is a really powerful and can be a really, yeah, really lovely gift that you can give your children. Exactly. And you can usually add a life cover policy. You can link it to that trauma policy as well when they take it out. So they've got a little bit of life and a little bit of trauma that, as we mentioned, hasn't needed to be underwritten. And they've got that there. And as you know, as their circumstances change as they get older, well, they can increase that policy or, or do what they need to, but at least they've got something there. We might talk about the underwriting process in a sec, but before we get to that, let's talk about income protection. Yes, income protection, basically it covers 75% of your income, including the super component, and it's paid as a monthly benefit. What that does, if someone's sick or injured, they'll have to serve what we call a waiting period. So waiting periods vary from, for example, 14 days, 30 days, 60 days, and up to two years. So that means if you're sick or injured and you have a 30-day waiting period, you need to be off work for 30 days then you qualify for your income protection to kick in. So when we're looking at this from a claim perspective, it needs to be signed off by a doctor to state that you can't work. And then once the claim's approved, a monthly benefit is paid to the client. So that monthly benefit might be $5,000 a month. So for the time that they're off work, they'll get paid that $5,000 a month. What we've got as well is what we call a benefit period. So you've got your waiting period is the amount of time that you need to be off work to start the uh, monthly benefit to kick in. And then we've got the maximum time that that claim can be paid. And benefit periods can be for two years. So if a claim, if someone's off work and they're receiving their claim, they'll be paid up to two years or paid up to five years or age 65. Uh, which is the most common one, age 65, and there's even to age 70 benefit periods. When looking at benefit periods, though, it does come into what we call an occupation rating. Mm -hmm. So majority of occupations um, can go to 65. We sort of say um, majority of white collar, and what I mean by that is professional category, so it might be your doctors, your dentists, uh, your lawyers. And then we, we have another category that is, accountants, financial advisors, managers, they're all your white collar and, and as well as administration assistants as well. Yep. Most of those um, occupations can go right through to age 65, but there are a couple that it's sort of more your higher risk occupations that might not be able to get to age 65. They might get a five-year benefit period or they might get a two-year benefit offering. Sometimes that might be a truck driver, for example, Some insurers might not offer that, but some might give a a high benefit period or sometimes a farmhand, for example, might might be a a lesser benefit period that you can get. So that's where your financial advisor can sort of have a look for you and see what occupation ratings are available based on your occupation. And these occupations too, they do impact the cost of the premium. And I think, you know, maybe that's an important point for us to just quickly talk about because often cost can be a real barrier or a perceived barrier to insurance. And I love pointing out to clients that you may have the $30,000 car that you don't even think twice about insuring and you're potentially paying, particularly if you live in the city, you may be paying well over $1,000 a year for cover for that. So 
you will be surprised at the cost of insurance when you actually go through the process of having a look at what your needs are and how important it is to have it. So the other important thing to note is that income protection insurance can be held and owned via superannuation or it can be held and owned in your personal name. I typically, if cash flow allows, you know, it is handy to have it in your own name, but it's something that you really need to talk through with an advisor. I think that's something that needs to be considered in your overall insurance strategy. Yes, definitely. There's options to own a policy personally that will allow a tax deduction from the premiums paid. And there's also the option to hold it inside super. So that will free up your cash flow. Each client's circumstance is different. So that's where it's really important to talk to your financial advisor and they'll be able to guide you on on the best ownership structure to suit your needs. And on that note, Rach, I think we've wrapped up the four types of cover that I really wanted to talk about today. So thank you. But I think one of the most really important thing is to help people understand the importance of really sitting down with a financial advisor to work through their insurance needs because there is so much that is available to you through an advisor that is not available out there independently. Now let's talk about why insurance on television or through your industry super fund may not be for you and what you need to be aware of. So the cover on TV that you may be familiar with, we call it direct insurance, where you buy the insurance through a direct insurer. So Rach, tell us why this may not be appropriate for people. With the daytime TV, it can be a little bit tricky. You can take out a policy and pay premiums for a couple of years and then something happens and you go to claim and that's when they go through all your medical history then. So if someone does have an existing medical condition, they might be knocked back at time of claim, which can make it really hard. Whereas when you look at retail insurance, you're going through their medical history up front with your application. So Mm -hmm. expectations are set. You You know if there's a loading, you know if there's an exclusion. So come claim time, you know if you're covered for that condition or not. Yeah. With industry super funds or, or group cover, it is a base level of cover and it is restricted to inside super only. It doesn't include trauma or own occupation TPD that we did speak about earlier. It generally does have lower maximum levels of cover. So when I say that, for example, um, it might be capped at a million dollars might be the maximum amount that you can get, whereas Retail insurance, life covers basically unlimited. TPD, you can get up to $5 million, for example, and, and trauma, you can get $2 million. So, So it is quite restricted there. And it does also have a lower number of ancillary benefits. So ancillary benefits are your bells and whistles, which can make a difference at time of claim. Yeah. The cover can also be what we call unitized in the group cover space, meaning that as the client gets older, the level of their cover decreases each year, which might not suit their expectations. They might need, for example, $600,000 of cover, whereas it might have started at at a base that suited them. However, it's decreased significantly as as they've got older. Again... Which I think, you know, in theory, that is, you know, when I talk to clients, that's how I see insurance playing out is that as you, you know, as years go on, you will most likely decrease that cover. But I think being able to be in control of the policy and you to be able to set the amount of cover that 
you're prepared to decrease to is what's most important. Definitely. Of course, you know, that unitised cover might have decreased well beyond where their position was. And ideally, as you did say, we do want to pay off our our debts as time goes on and and reduce that level of cover, but you need to be out of control where that level of cover is. Yep. And just another thing to be mindful of is with group insurance, the terms and conditions can change at any time. Mm. So the trustee of the super fund and and the the group insurer can make a decision to switch definitions or, or do whatever. So therefore, even if that cover suits the client now, this may not always be the case. The other thing though that is important where, you know, I sometimes see people slipping up is consolidating their super funds or changing super funds and actually not taking into account the insurance cover that they have in place and they may lose that or cancel it without realising what they've got in place. And so I think it's really, really important that if you are looking at reviewing your super or changing super funds that you understand what the cover is that you've got because you may have some cover in there that you've had in place and later had some medical implications where you may be precluded by taking out new cover. Yes, definitely. So sometimes with those funds, the insurance within there is what we call default cover. So a client doesn't need to be underwritten. They're sort of given some automatic cover in a way. And that can be helpful if someone's health has changed. So they might see an advisor and the the advisor might make some recommendations to take out some cover a lot higher than what the default is, but their health may have changed a little bit. So they may have got an exclusion, for example, with the retail cover. So that just allows the advisor to sort of have a look and, and assess that default cover and say, well, look, we might we might retain, hold on to that, that cover because there's no exclusion in there, but then take on the additional recommendations with the retail super fund. So it's definitely very important to make sure your advisor can have a look at all your covers in, in your super funds and just please don't cancel them without knowing what's inside. Obviously, I am a financial advisor, but I feel like this is a really vital area where people need to get some guidance and advice on. And, you know, even if this is the one thing that you go and speak to an advisor about, I know that cost of seeing an advisor can sometimes be a barrier, but actually, you know, if you're just looking at this component, it should be reasonably affordable in the scheme of things. All right, so let's talk about real-life situations. What's actually happening around claims in insurance? And have you got any stats that you can share with us about you know, the amount of claims that, that go through and what types of claims that you see? Millions and millions are actually paid out each year at time of claims. But what I think is really important is to get a gauge of what the breakdown is, what are people being paid out for. So when you're looking at income protection, for example, Majority of the claims are due to accidents and musculoskeletal. So you're looking around about 20% for both of those. Accidents usually just creep in a little bit higher. So if someone's out on the weekend and, you know, they come off a bike or have an accident somewhere, that's when, you know, they might have to be off work for some time. So we're seeing accidents as just above musculoskeletal, but they're both pretty much on par. What sort of things are musculoskeletal? That's like hurting your back and... Yeah, back injuries, all those sort of musculoskeletal areas, your neck, your back. So someone might slip a disc and they're out of work for for some time. You know, there's there's cases where people have been out of work for two years from those types of injuries. 
the next one sort of that the market is seeing in the industry is mental health, your depression, your anxiety, all those types of conditions. That that's really starting to to creep up. Mm. Um, that's sitting just below the, the two top ones being the accidents and musculoskeletal. The next one with trauma. So what the industry does see is the highest percentage of trauma claims are due to cancer. It's above 50% uh, that's paid out. Mm. And then the next one, and, you know, we unfortunately we all know someone that might have been touched by cancer, but, yeah, it's just incredible how high those stats are. The next one down is cardiovascular, so, you know, your heart attacks and everything. So that ranges, you know, around the 20% mark as well. And then it sort of breaks down to some neurological conditions and, and accidents as well. PPE yeah. is quite interesting. Most people think PPD is you're in a severe accident and you you know you're totally disabled and you can't work again and that's basically all that that covers. However, neurological tends to be the the leader in the industry. So claims with neurological conditions such as brain tumors, epilepsy, Alzheimer's. Then the next one down is musculoskeletal, so like we mentioned before. And then it's accidents. So accidents is, you know, around about sort of third on par uh, with TPD. So a lot of things can happen. We've also had clients that may have suffered cancer and then they've been paid out their trauma payout and they've beaten the condition, but then the treatment might have impacted them and made their bones brittle. And then yeah. they've been TPD and unable to work again. So there's, you know, there can be a lot of moving parts with TPD, and it's yeah. not not just accidents as, as some people sometimes think. Well, it's been a big chat today about insurance. It's one of those topics that isn't always easy to talk about, and like money, like estate planning, like all the things that we've you know talked about so far on the podcast, they can be difficult conversations and ones that we'd prefer not to have. But you know, this podcast is all about bringing the important topics up your to-do list and to be able to give you you know sort of the know-how on what things you need to be aware of and to start considering, and you know how to put them in place. So. Thank you, Rach, so much for joining us today and sharing your knowledge and helping me have this difficult conversation. I hope we've shed a bit of light on what life insurances or personal insurances are all about. As I've mentioned throughout and you have as well, I think it's definitely an area where people should consider speaking to a financial advisor because there are so many moving parts, so many intricacies as part of all of this. And so it's really important that you have your personal needs taken into account. Thank you, Rach, for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much for listening in to today's podcast episode and I really hope that that's helped with your understanding about personal insurances and given you some things to think about and consider. There will be a link in the show notes to a handout that gives some more general information about the types of covers that we've talked about today on the show. And you can also find this on my website, moneymode.com.au slash Savvy Mama. I want to really thank Rach for giving up some of her personal time to join me on the show today. And importantly, if you have enjoyed the show, please make sure you leave us a review or a rating. It really helps a little show like this. Thanks, everyone, and take care, and we'll be back again next week.